Would you stand with us? You guys ready for a good word this morning? Not, not because it's coming from me, an encouraging word from God this morning. <laughs> How many of you need that? You know, with so much, like, we, like Jessica was saying, with so much negativity, so much hard news, I'm so thankful for God's word that is living and alive and breathed life into us this morning. Amen? So we're going we're gonna to read God's word, honor God's word together just as we kick off this morning. We're going to read from Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. Let's read it together, if you would, on three. One, two, three. But encourage one another Daily. Let's say that part again. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called the day, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we thank you that your word is life. God, we thank you that your word is even encouraging to us this morning. God, lay it breathe new life into us. God, thank you. <laughs> I just see in that picture of the dead bones rising. Lord, uh, your army rise and breathe new life in us today. In your mighty name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated. Thank you. So I don't know if you've noticed or not, but everyone that you come across is facing some type of battle in their life. It's not just during hard times. Just about everyone that you encounter is often going through something that may not be obvious from the outside, but many times they're facing a battle on the inside. And it's, it's, it's a lot like a story I heard um, Pastor Greg Rochelle share. Um, thank you. I needed that. Boy, I'm, I am just... Am I allowed to say this on the live stream? I'm just heavy sweating this morning. <laughs> ah, all right. So sorry about that. But it's, it's, I heard this story. Pastor Greg Rochelle uh, shared this. He's the founding pastor of Life Church, um, one of the largest uh, churches in our nation through all the satellite churches. They see many come to Jesus every single week. I, I love their ministry. Um, he, he was telling this story, and he, was, he tells us about a guy named Scott that he had met um, several years uh, previous, and Craig was sharing this story that Scott was one of the nicest, most easygoing guys that he'd ever come across, and they were sitting in his office, and that's why he was completely shocked when Scott started sharing, having a private conversation there. Scott told him that he concluded that it was the best thing for him to take his life. And so he's sitting there in his office. Craig, pastor Craig was a young pastor at the time. Um, he wasn't experienced in this type of situation. He'd never come across this type of situation before. So, you know, he, he kind of just immediately prayed a shotgun prayer. I don't know if you've ever done this. I've done this many times where... You just think to yourself, I do not know what to say right now. I do not know what to do right now. Father God, help me. And so he prayed that prayer. He lifted it up to Jesus and said, help me. Give me the words to say. I don't, I don't you know, this is your, somebody's life is kind of hanging right here. And I want to, to speak life this morning. So that's, that's what he did. And at that moment, he felt like, uh, Pastor Craig felt like he was prompted by God to do something that he's only done one time and only in this situation, he says. But at that moment, he just looked at Scott and saw so many good things about him. Maybe this has happened to you too, somebody that is just kind of feeling down and, and depressed and is, has just been fighting that and you're just looking at them but you, you see so many good things in them and you just wanna somehow convey that to them and you just wanna, you don't, again, but you, you don't have the words, you don't know how to do it. So this is what God, Holy Spirit, I believe prompted Pastor Craig to do. At that moment, 
Pastor Craig, he looked at Scott and he saw so many good things about him and he took out a yellow notepad, one of those legal notepads, and this is what he said. He said, I believe you're supposed to give me 100 reasons this morning. Somebody say 100 reasons. 100 reasons why your life matters. 100 reasons why you should live. 100 reasons to be encouraged. Give me some reasons and I'm gonna write them down. So he got out his pen, he got out the legal notepad and Scott just looked at him, hopeless. And he's, you know, he's saying, I've got nothing. I've got nothing this morning, that's the reason I'm here. I said, I, I really feel like I've got nothing. I've got nothing good about my life. I have absolutely nothing to say in response to that question. And Pastor Craig, he wasn't gonna take no for an answer. He said, come on, we're gonna work on this together and tell me something good about yourself. So Pastor Craig is there with his pen and Scott began. He said, well, I'm a pretty good writer. And he was a pretty good writer. So Pastor Craig wrote down, you are a good writer. So tell me something else. Prompting him to, to keep going. And he, and he looked at Craig and he kind of just deadpanned and he said, I'm funny. Now, Pastor Greg thought, I've never noticed that about him before, but I wasn't going to say anything about that in his state. He wasn't going to argue. So he says, yeah, you're funny. Um, he, give me something else. He writes it down. You are funny. Scott said, I look a lot like Robert Redford. He didn't look anything like Robert Redford. So Pastor Craig said, oh, you are funny. And he said, <laughs> he wrote down that you look like Robert Redford. And about on number seven or eight, Scott started to have a little bit of a breakthrough and he started to see a little smile crack. And instead of feeling heavy, like there was no reason to live, he could start to see a little bit of, you know, something kind of breakthrough in his attitude. And he started to give more reason. He said, well, my sister, you know, she says, you know, I'm really faithful. My boss says I'm a really hard worker. And so it started to come a little bit easier. He pulled out some random ones. You know, he said, I, I, I still have a very full head of hair. You know, and he, but he kept on going, stuff like that. And before long, when they hit about 20, 20 22, 25, um, he just started crying and saying thing after thing and reason after reason of why his life was valuable and why he should be encouraged enough to go on. And they kept on going on and they listed 100 reasons on the front and on the back of this yellow notepad and then they prayed. Pastor Craig asked God to put the reasons that they had written on paper into Scott's heart, that he would know that he could be encouraged by a God who is with him and a God who loves him and a God who had given him so many reasons to live. And Pastor Craig, he folded up the little piece of paper and he gave it to him. Now, uh, Pastor Craig last, lost track of Scott. Scott, had, Scott moved away shortly after that. Um, he ended up starting Life Church in the year of 1996. And he says that it was probably about four or five years after starting Life Church that he says, I got through preaching uh, one Sunday and he looked out and lo and behold, there was Scott uh, who had moved away and he'd, he'd come back just to come and say hello. And um, this time he wasn't alone. He had his new wife with him and a little son walking with him. And when I saw him, Pastor Craig says, we just hugged and we embraced. It was kind of the, the, the long time apart and it was just you know, kind of that sappy moment. And, and Scott said, this is my wife. He introduced his, his wife and his son. And um, Pastor Scott was describing the moment. He said, it was just so amazing. And, and then Scott said to him, 
you remember that time in the office? And Pastor, Pastor Craig said, of course, I, I remember that. And he said, you saved my life. You saved my life. That, that morning saved my life. And Pastor Craig asked him the question that we would all probably ask if we were in that moment. He said, do you still have that yellow piece of paper? And he reached in his back pocket and he pulled out the piece of paper and he opened it up. And he said, I, I, I want to give this to you. He said, this saved my life. This, the, that morning saved my life. And Pastor Scott was like, no, no, no. That's, I mean, Pastor Craig said that was, no, no, no. You, you, that's, that's something that's, that's yours. You hold on to that. And Scott looked at him and he said, do you remember that prayer that you prayed? You remember how you prayed, how you would, God would take the words from the, the paper and put them in my heart. He said, I no longer need this on paper because these 100 reasons are now in my heart. And then they hugged some more and it was just this, this, this big sappy moment. And you know that we all love to hear stories of God's goodness like that. Enough of the bad news. Give me some more stories like that, right? Of God working in people's life and restoring. So I'm gonna open up with this idea today. I, 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 just some simple um, thoughts this morning. I'm gonna pull them directly from scripture. I hope that you'll remember that you have no idea what God might do through a single word of encouragement. No matter what you do in your life, no matter um, you know, what you do in the marketplace, uh, what, your, what your ministry is, what you put your hands to, you have no idea what God might do through a single word of encouragement. You don't know what to say and you say, God, give me the words. And God gives you the words and tells you to bring out that yellow notepad, that legal paper, and you start writing down words. And that was a one-time thing that uh, God prompted him to do. And it saved somebody's life. Um, you have no idea how God could use you to offer someone hope and to build somebody's faith. You have no idea what our God might do through a single word that he gives you. So that's why the, the title of this morning's message, 100 Reasons to Be Encouraged, because everyone you see is likely facing a battle that you don't even know anything about. And I, and I don't know about you, but there is so much negativity in the world, not just in this season, but it's, it's just there. The enemy does, he tries to come and steal and destroy. It's what he does. That's, that's in his nature. I, 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 you know, I can't open up my, my social media feed without getting a little discouraged right now. I'm kind of at that place. I can't you know, read a news app without feeling a little bit disappointed at what's happening. I can't talk to people with all the heartbreaking news in the world without being a little bit disheartened. And so many people in a polarized world can be so incredibly critical. In fact, they can be even hateful, right? And so I think it's a time that we as believers, as Christ followers, step in and we are there to lift other people up and bring words of hope and bring words of encouragement. And I get an amen. So I don't need any friends like Job had. Anybody remember Job from scripture? Um, do you, some of you know his story. There, there are many of you, some of you might not know if you're watching. Um, and uh, in the Old Testament, let me just take you there. He's, he's a guy in the Old Testament. There's a guy named Job, and he was a really good man. He was a godly man. And the enemy, Satan, attacked Job and robbed him of more than probably we could ever think of. He robbed him of more than we can imagine. And do you know what his friends did? What did his friends do? I, I, they came to him. His friends got up into his grill, up into his business, and they're like, this is what they said, it is your fault. 
This is all your fault. It's because of your shortcomings. It's because uh, uh, of your sin. You deserve this, Job. So, so encouraging, right? No, it's negative, negative, negative. Um, so there's enough people like that in the world today. We've maybe experienced some of that. And I love how Job responds to them. That's what we're going to start off with this morning, Job's response to them. It's found in Job 16, verse 2. And he said this, I have heard this all before. Some of you are like, yes, I've, I'm watching what's happening uh, in, in the world right now. I've, I've seen it. I've heard it. I've heard this all before. And then he said, what miserable comforters are you? Any of you have friends like that? <laughs> what miserable comforters are you? Uh, you just want to say to them, what miserable comforters are you? I, I would love to say this next line to some people, but it'd probably get me in trouble. Listen to this, what he says. Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? What makes you keep on talking? <laughs> Anybody ever feel like that at all? And then this is what he says. I could say the same things if you were in my place, I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you, but, and I love what he says here, but if it were me, somebody say, if it were me, say it again, if it were me, if it were me, I would, what does he say? Encourage, I would encourage you. I would speak words of life. I would try to take away your grief. If it were me, I would try to encourage. If it's possible at all, I would love to be the greatest voice of encouragement in your life on this side of heaven. Because here's the thing, because the words we speak are filled with power, right? Our words can build up our words can crush. In fact, scripture says it this way in Proverbs 18, verse 21, the tongue has the power of what? Life and death. I want my words to build your faith, to strengthen your confidence, to believe that God is for you, that he's with you, that he'll never leave you, that he'll never forsake you. He's working in you, right? All those things. If it were up to me, Job said, I would encourage you and build your faith because everyone you see is facing a battle that sometimes we don't even know anything about. Maybe that's why the author of Hebrews says it this way. Hebrews chapter three, verse 13, such a power-packed verse. The author says this, encourage one another. He didn't say every now and then. He didn't say when the spirit leads. What, what he said was encourage one another. How often? Encourage one another daily. That's an awful lot of encouraging, right? Encourage one another daily. As long as it's called today, why do you encourage one another? So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. What does sin do to you? Sin lies, right? Sin distracts, sin destroys. Um, sin tears down, sin tells you what you don't have. Sin tells you that you can never be happy. Sin tells you, you know, you won't measure up. I, I, I don't know about you, but I face discouragement in my life sometimes. There's voices in my head that say, you know, you're not gonna measure up. You're not, you're, you're not gonna be good enough. You're, you, you can't get this all done. And so there's probably not a day that goes by that I don't, you know, fight some of that, that we don't fight some of that discouragement and the negative voices in our minds. Therefore, because I need encouragement, I want to choose to give it freely because I need it. I assume that you probably need it too. Therefore, we will encourage one another daily, 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 daily. 
Encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so we're not distracted by sin's deceitfulness. Now, when I talk about being encouraging, here's what I know some of you are gonna say immediately. You're gonna say, well, I'm just not naturally gifted at it. I'm, I'm, I'm not a natural encourager. I'm, I'm not good at encouraging others. It's not a, a natural part of me. And here's what I would say to you. When, when you were a baby, walking wasn't natural either, right? So, you know, you weren't very good at it at first, but somewhere along the way, you know, you kind of do the drunk Frankenstein and you start taking some steps and, and you get to the place where you can walk. One of, one of the most valuable tools you can learn, a gift to give to those around you, is to have the gift of encouragement. It's something that we can learn to do. Learn how to do it. Make it a priority. You learn. You want, And here's the thing. I'm just going to give you just a, a simple thing for us to start with this morning. You want to learn how to do it. You want to learn how to be an encourager. One simple rule that is a game changer. It can be a game changer for some of us. The most simple rule. Here it is. If you think of something good, say it. <laughs> if you think of something good, express it. The moment you think anything positive about someone else, text them, call them, reach out to someone, write a note, tell them, express your love, express your encouragement. The moment that you think something good, say it, spray it, show it, express it. Why in the world would you ever rob someone from a blessing that goes unexpressed, right? But so many times we do. We keep it to ourselves. Bill Boylan, who's, who's here faithfully in the first service here at Destiny, is someone who, who has definitely put that into practice um, in his life. Some of you know Bill, and if you do know, you know that to be, uh, if you do know him, you know that to be true about him. Um, and if you didn't know this, let me tell you something about him. If, if Bill attends service on any given weekend, I will get an email. I will get an email. Typically, it'll come every Tuesday morning sometime before the birds fly <laughs> because he's up before the birds fly. I will get a little bit later after the birds have already gotten the worm and all that kind of stuff, but it'll be waiting there for me. And um, every week, Bill will write an encouraging email to myself, and usually it'll include several of the staff pastors as well about how he appreciated something that God said or spoke to him, either through the message or the ministry time or a word that was shared um, that happened on Sunday morning. It's, it's, it's humbling because Bill, if you don't know, he's a scholar. He's a true theologian. I mean, he loves God's word and he, he digs into it very deep. He's very wise, but he's also very humble. And um, he's one of the most encouraging men that I know, at least in, in my life. And so some of those emails... Come, I can tell you at the exact right time. Some of you have this experience, you know, when it comes to Monday morning, you have the Monday morning, well, I, I'm gonna quit. This is, I'm done with this. And so Monday morning for pastors is typically the day. If, if you had a rough, you know, Sunday, you know, Monday morning is kind of the rough one sometimes. You know, we can, we can, you know, mope around and let the enemy try to, you know, if he's speaking things to us. So it's so great sometimes when I get into that mood or if the enemy's trying to, to speak some stuff and, and then that email comes before I even, you know, do anything on Tuesday morning and it's just like, man, I'm going to file that away. In fact, I, I, have a full, I have a folder in my, my email account that I just put. It's called encouragement. <laughs> and it's filled with emails that I get from Bill and several others um, because um, I need that sometimes. And how many of you, 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 you you've got a place where you, you keep cards, you know, that somebody important in your life sent to you and you put them in a stack because I might need this later. 
It speaks life. In fact, I, I, I was talking about this this morning. I, I, got a, I got a text. I didn't see it until after the service. Um, Deanna is one of my biggest encouragers. By the way, Deanna and the girls are out of town this week, and um, Kella is, is up with one of her friends, one of her best friends in North Dakota, spending some time up there. And uh, Bella is, uh, and, and Deanna drove down to Denver. They're picking up a, a new vehicle for us this weekend. Our, our old enclave is about on its last leg, so they went down there, and Bella got to spend some time with one of her best friends. But um, so they send their greetings, and um, she texted right before the service. Uh, I didn't see it till after the service, but she said, hit it out of the park today. She's just always been um, an encourager to me. I, I read it after the service, so I thought she was saying, I hit it out of the park today. But <laughs> I guess she'll tell me later if she watches the live stream. <laughs> um, but just to show you, you know, Deanna has always been one of those people in my life too. One of the best things that you can do for your relationships, by the way, if you're married or if you have children or if you're a leader or if you're an influencer of any kind, maybe at your work, your job, wherever God has you, if you have someone in your small group that you're leading is to bless them with the words of encouragement. It is. You know, so set the blessing free <laughs> this morning. Let the glory fly, right? In fact, I'm, here's the thing. I was preparing this this weekend and I decided, you know, I, how am I going to put this into practice in my life. And so I decided I wanted to, I'm going to try this. I'm going to, I'm going to make a new rule for myself. And you might think this rule is unreasonable, but in my mind, I know every now and then I am inclined to say, I am inclined to have thoughts and words come into my mouth that might be critical. They might be angry. They might be, um, they might even be hate at some times, right? They might be, um, speak death instead of life. They don't speak life in other words. And so when that happens, my new goal is to say 100 encouraging words for every word that comes out of my mouth that might feel like criticism or the opposite of that. Now, <laughs> some of you hear that and you say, well, that's impossible. You don't know who I'm married to or you don't know or the people I work with or, you know, the excuses go on, right? But Paul said this, look at what Paul says. He says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, right? You remember this? But only words that are helpful for building others up. So that's not even 100 to one, that's 100 to none, <laughs> right? So think about how different your relationships could be if every time you thought something good, you said it free to bless them. Every time, 100 positive words of encouragement. Listen, I don't know about you, but with my children, I've got two boys sitting over there. I've got, it's me and the boys this weekend. <laughs> I would rather them hear 100 times what I see in them, what I believe in them, how I'm for them, where they're winning instead of hearing me picking them apart for all this stuff that they're doing wrong right? I want to instill a spiritual confidence of how I see the work of God in them and not let it, any unwholesome talk come out of my mouth, but words to build others up, as Paul says, right? So if I want to put that practice in my life, I've got to kind of set some measure and I've got to start somewhere because how many times, you know, as a parent, have we <laughs> let some unwholesome talk come out of our mouth and we've regretted it later. And so we've got to speak words of encouragement, ask for forgiveness and say, you know, hey, I messed up, but man, you, you are such an awesome son. You are such an amazing daughter and I see so much in you and just know my heart. I'm, I just want to see you grow in the faith of God and right. So I got to, I've got to counter that when I mess up. <laughs> 
with so many more words of life, right? If it were up to me, going back to Job's words, I would be full of encouragement because everyone you see is fighting a battle that you know nothing about sometimes. So this can change and revolutionize your marriage. Those of you that are not married yet or you hope to be one day, listen, if you, if you build up your spouse, if you build up your, your significant other, it could, it could be a complete game changer. I'm able to do what I'm able to do because of texts like that that I get from Deanna and messages like that and the things that she says to me in between services sometimes because Deanna believes in me and she'll tell me and she'll show me that. So I need that. One of, one of the complaints that I hear as a pastor sometimes is, well, my, my husband isn't spiritual enough. And you know, the, the sad thing is many times it'll be right in front of the guy or the other person that they're talking about. And did you think that's gonna be encouraging to them to, to, to lift them up and to make them more full of faith when, you, when something like that is said? It's not, right? So, you know, he's gonna feel like he or she's not good enough. So what I would say is anytime and every time that he or she does anything that's remotely spiritual, you celebrate it. <laughs> so, you know, all he has to say is, hey, let's watch church online. And you just look at him and you go, oh, I feel so close to you when you say that. <laughs> and you know what's gonna happen? You're gonna be watching church online every single weekend, right? Well, and so maybe, you know, if he says a prayer and it's the only prayer that he's ever prayed, but he tried and he's praying over the Thanksgiving meal and it's just, you know, God bless this meal, amen. And you just look at him and say, I love it when you pray like that. <laughs> you might even whisper it in his ear and then he'll get really excited to pray, right? He'll be praying, he'll be a praying man of God. <laughs> you build them up, you encourage what you wanna see and you'll typically see more of it, right? So remember Job? Remember what he says? If it were up to me, I would be so encouraging. If it were up to me, if you think something good, say it. In a world full of so much criticism, right? So much hatred, so much disappointment, so much negativity is as people of the light, which is what we are, right? We talked about in January, we are people, we are carriers of the light. We are the light of the world. He, Jesus calls us the light of the world. It's our calling to lift others up around us. It's our calling. I don't know about you, but since we're saying that, you know, pretty much everybody is, is facing a battle that we know nothing of, that, that probably includes you too. That probably would include me. In fact, I've found that sometimes the person that needs the most encouragement is sometimes me. <laughs> and, and, and you might find the person that needs the most encouragement at times would be you too. Because so often, people might look at you and think, man, she's got it all together. Man, he's got it all together. And you are smiling on the outside, but maybe you're hurting on the inside. And uh, you, know, you might be like a lot of people who look really, really confident and can stand really, really confident on the outside, but the truth is there's parts of you that are indescribably insecure. And so when others look at you, you, know, you, you look like you've got it all together, you've, you've got it, but they have no idea that privately at home, you're in a place that you feel like you're falling apart. So sometimes the person that really needs to be encouraged is you. Right? And so I want to speak to that for 
The next half this morning, I want to show you in the portion of scripture that really speaks to me and builds my faith and equips me to do just that. Because sometimes we're the ones that needs encouragement. And that's where David says, why so downcast, O my soul, right? Um, So it's found in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel 30. And to give you context, if you remember David from the scriptures, he was a, he was a mighty warrior, right? He's the king of Israel. His, his army arrived to their home in Ziklag. And the enemies, here's the scene. The enemies had burned their entire city to the ground. It was left in ruins. And so imagine this. You come back with your troops and you come back with your men and their wives and children have been kidnapped and they've been taken away and their homes are burned to the ground. That's what they return to. That's, that's where we're at in this story here. So the picture is the city's burned, the families are gone when they get back and what do the men do? The men look at David and say, it's your fault. We're, we're placing the blame on you, David. All of a sudden, they're crying and they're wailing and the men decide it is your fault. We're gonna make him pay. We're gonna put you to death. And so that's exactly what we see potentially happening in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse six. This is what it says. David was now in great danger because all of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters and they began the talk of stoning him. But what did David do? Scripture says, but David found strength in the Lord, his God. So the phrase there I want to focus on is found strength. Found strength comes from the Hebrew word, chazak. Everybody say chazak, just for fun, ready? Chazak. One, two, three, chazak. <laughs> it's spelled C-H-A-Z-A-Q, chazak. And it means to tell yourself to be strong. This Hebrew word implies that you're talking to yourself. In fact, that's probably why the King James Version translates it this way. It says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. That's how the King James Version translates. He encouraged himself. He spoke to himself. He told himself of the faithfulness of God. He preached to himself about the goodness of God. He reminded himself of the provision of God. He built himself up in the things of God. When everything, I mean, look, think about the scene. When everything around him, everything that he saw with his eyes was hopeless, when everything around him was kind of crying out discouragement, he encouraged himself. He preached to himself. He built himself up in the things of faith. He encouraged himself in the thing, things of the Lord. He got his tzak back. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to say that again. He, some of us in this room, we need to get our tzak back. We need, to, we need to, what's it again? You got to encourage yourself in the Lord. What happened after this, verse 8, this is what happens. David asked the Lord, should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord said to him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. Now, when did this word of victory come? It was after David encouraged himself. It was after he started, he he was encouraging himself in the things of God. So what do we know about negative words and positive words? We we know that positive words are sometimes difficult to remember, right? Um, and, And negative words are difficult to forget. How many of you, you know, you can have somebody come up and say 10 nice things about you. And if one person comes up with a critical, you know, word or a criticism, what's hanging over your head after that one conversation, right? 
And so neurologically, scientists will tell this about your brain. Your brain is almost predisposed to immediately, when something is, is said negative, to immediately respond to that. Our, 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 our physical body responds to it. But when, it, when you're talking about something positive, it's a full 15 seconds before we even, we even start registering it sometimes. So there's even a neurological side to this. It's so much more difficult to forget something that's negative. That's why what we say to ourselves matters more than you can imagine imagine, right? Your self-talk, is it words of life and words of faith, or is it words of death and words of hopelessness? This, this is, for some of you that know my mom, um, this is just mama talk for me, because mom was always talking about, you know, speaking life, speaking, that, that was just part of, of who she was. She was always talking about that. If, if we ever said something that didn't line up with the word of God, she would just, you, it would be a normal thing around our house to hear mama say, speak life. <laughs> that was just who she was. And you see it in David. You see it in David. He encouraged himself. He talked to himself. He preached to himself. He built himself up in the Lord. In fact, it's so, I think, profoundly personal when you just read through um, the Psalms and you read the words of David. It's like we're reading some of his journal pages, right? He's kind of writing out some of his frustrations in a lot of the Psalms, and, he's, and we're getting a glimpse into some of his inner dialogue. And so three different times, David talked to himself, and he said the exact same thing. Three different places in Scripture, David asked himself, why are you so downcast, O oh my soul? Why are you so downcast? Why are you hurting? Why are you so low? Why, why are you so down? Why are you so depressed? And so something for some of us in the room this morning, you may want to ask yourself some of those questions. Why do you feel so disconnected? Why, why are you battling with anxiety? Why has fear overwhelmed you when you know you're called to be a person of faith? And David looks at that. He looks in the situation that he's in. He's, his men are ready to stone him. <laughs> He's, he's gone through some stuff, right? And he says, why so downcast, oh my soul? And then he encourages himself and he says, put your hope in the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord. Why are you so pressed? Why, why are you down when you know the faithfulness and the goodness and the power and the provision of God? Put your hope in God. Now, I'm not, I'm not belittling your anxiety, the struggle, that stuff is real. Sometimes you just gotta speak to it and say, not today, Satan. <laughs> I was planning on wearing a suit coat, but I was too hot today, so you just get to see my T-shirt. <laughs> not today, maybe it's, maybe it's Providence. Not today, Satan. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. Put your trust in God. God is always with you. He will never leave you. He is completely for you. Why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. What David didn't say is, he didn't, listen, David didn't give a pep talk to himself. He's not, he's not, He's not building up his self-confidence. He's not saying, okay, David. He's not pulling his shoulder straps and saying, okay, we're gonna get this, David. We're ready. We're going for this. You have what it takes on your own, David. You no, know, if you remember from last week, we don't need more self-confidence. We need more God-confidence, right? Godfidence. We need more God-confidence. He said, put your hope in God. Get your tzak back. Talk to yourself. 
preach to yourself. Whenever you look and the news is saying, everything is coming to an end. This is the worst thing ever. We're never going to recover. You better start preaching to yourself and you better start saying some truths so you can even write them down if that's what God prompts you to do. God is my provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider, right? My God is my protector. My God is good. And you just start thinking about all the things that your God is for you. He's all powerful. He's ever present. He knew before any of this started what was going to happen. And, and so he's working in all things. We've been talking about this scripture. All things to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So when that voice inside says there's no way out of this, your relationship is going to break down. You're never going to have anything meaningful. Nope. You can say, not today, Satan. My God is working in me. And I trust God is working in the people around me too. And I'm going to be a light wherever I'm called to. So whenever you find yourself down or depressed or discouraged or afraid, it's just like our friend Scott from the opening story, right? Just, that's where he was at. He was, he was getting ready to, to say, I have nothing left to live for. Maybe write down some words of truth or start speaking some words of truth. Why so downcast, oh my soul? And you start speaking. If you need to, 100 reasons to keep your faith to tell yourself, no weapon formed against me should ever prosper because I know that's in the word of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am blessed coming in. I am blessed going out. My sins have been forgiven. Right, I'm preaching to myself, I am redeemed. I am a child of the living God. I am a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm an ambassador of the most high God. In fact, I am a diplomat sent by God to the earth to be a light on this earth, right? A light in the dark places. I am the salt of the earth. And should we keep on going? We can. Scripture is full of so many reasons to walk in, the, in, in life and power, right? So I am free from the power of sin and death. I have the mind of Christ and we can keep on going. I'm filled with the very spirit that, that raised Jesus from the dead. Come on, somebody. I, I, I am the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he prepared in advance for, for me to do. My sins are forgiven. They're released from me. I am a new creation in Christ. My sinfulness has been separated as far as the east is from the west. And when I am called by God to be a light in the dark world, I'm called to be a salt uh, flavoring in this bland world, right? I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I'm the head, I'm not the tail. And we can keep going. I'm, I'm seated in heavenly places with Jesus, my Savior. Why so downcast, oh my soul? My God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I can do all things through Christ who sets me free, right? Why so downcast, oh my soul? Why are people of faith walking around acting like we've got no power? It's time we get our chizak back. We've got to preach to ourselves a little bit. <laughs> and because of what God did for us and because of who he is into us, listen, we have the opportunity right now in a very polarized and a very kind of dark and ugly place in, in our world right now to be a voice of encouragement, to be a voice of faith, when the world is polarized instead of hate, we'll express love. We'll express grace. We'll extend grace. We'll stand for what is right, 
yes. We'll stand for justice, yes. We will be people of standard, yes. But they will know us by our love. That has to be what we're walking in. Loved sons and daughters. I'm thinking of Ephesians chapter five, verse one. Loved sons and daughters who walk around in love. We do that before we go out and do anything else, right? We find ourselves in the love of God. Like Job, let it be our anthem, let it be our cry. If it were up to me, I'd be the biggest voice of encouragement you'll ever see in this side of heaven. Amen? So whatever you're going through, and I would guess for some of you, it might be a lot. I, I don't want my statements today to be insulting to anybody. I, but here's the thing. Here's, here's where I want this to just kind of focus on as we close. I want the true power and the presence of God to be enough because it is. I'm not just speaking platitudes up here, just some, some you know, butterfly statements up here. It's the truth and the power and the presence of God. So be encouraged because our God loves you more than you can ever imagine. And our God understands your pain and his word is true and he is always faithful and his promises are for you. I, I, don't, I don't think it's, it's an accident. The kind of the anthem of the church that became kind of the song of the moment when this whole pandemic, when, when the, the country went on lockdown, was a song called The Blessing. And it was, it was, a, it was taken directly from the scripture, from, the, from Numbers, and it was the promises of God over his people. And the thing I'm thinking about this morning is, is at the end where they just repeat over and over, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you. He is for you. And then we just sing together, amen. So be it. Yes, God, he is for us. He is for us. So when you're down, <laughs> it's okay. You can talk to yourself. <laughs> you can talk to yourself. You can preach to yourself words of faith and words of life. And here's the thing. With the people around you, Every time you think something good, say it. Release it. You bless them. As far as I'm concerned, I'm going to be an encourager. That's who I'm going to be. Let's stand. Let's stand as we close this morning. I want to challenge us, wherever we're at, whether we're here on site or if you're watching um, online, those of you that would say this morning... Yes, I want to be an encouraging voice to those around me everywhere. I want to be a voice of life and of faith and of encouragement. Would you just lift your hands right now? We're just going to pray a word over us. Father God, I want to be your mouthpiece. I want to speak for you. I'm called to be a light. I'm called to be salt to this bland earth. But Lord, let me walk around in your love. And Lord, if it were up to me, Lord, I want to be an encourager. I want to be somebody that builds people up. I want to be a Bill Boylan. God, I want to, I want to be a Pastor Deanna. I want, to be, I want to be 
I want to be you who takes somebody that is, is at their tipping point and, and lifts them up and speaks words of life and gives them hope and gives them encouragement. Lord, I, I, just like the, the story that we opened up with this morning, God, we want to be Pastor Craig who spoke words of life to Scott, the words that you gave him. And Lord, even to ourselves this morning, God, we, we just, we, I just pray that your church would be the kind of church, Lord, that when the enemy tries to come in and to kill, steal, and destroy, that we would be wise enough to say, why so downcast, oh my soul? Look at all that God has done for me. Look at all that he's provided. Look at the truth that I can stand on. You are my hope and you are my salvation. I put my trust in you. So God, let us be people filled with love, filled with hope, full of encouragement. God, we pray that in your name this morning, in your mighty name, we pray. Amen.